never get tired of seeing that legal snags. Legal snags? The, yeah, where it's like, avoid legal snags. It's so funny to me. Like, I just, just the image. Anyways, okay, here we well, go. Well, you know, like, look at what, look at what happened to uh, John, John McTiernan. McTiernan, yeah. McTiernan yeah. from Die Hard. He went to jail from the FBI for recording a call. So yeah. you would you should appreciate that. Yeah, I, I agree. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press hang- TV Hangouts. It's been a while since we've done TV Hangouts. Uh, I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is Gina Versa. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks. We're recording very early because it's a special occasion for TV Hangouts. This is a, a show where we're going to call it Cantina Hangouts because it's a Star Wars show. And I've done lots of Star Wars stuff on here. Gene's done lots of Star Wars stuff with oh. me on here. A lot. And, uh, yep. Yeah. And just some quick backstory. This is about The Mandalorian, but mm-hmm. Gene and I, this may come as a shock to people, are big Star Wars fans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Generally, yeah. 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 That's yeah. In, in, in general, yeah. Yeah. Nothing's perfect, but uh, this is probably the most reliable, like, big franchise thing in terms of, like, quality. I always get the most out of these things, even ones that don't generally work for me. So, just here, we're going to give some quick background on uh, our relationship to Star Wars. Uh, some quick recommendations for Disney Plus because we're recording this also on Disney launch, Disney Plus launch day, and then we'll get into the discussion on the very first episode of The Mandalorian. Generally, those are called pilot episodes, but I don't think I think this was just greenlit like as a series, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. They were like a Mandalorian, throw some money at that shit. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not against that practice at all, but. Uh, I think there's a merit to figuring stuff out in a pilot episode. And that's yeah, all I'll say about sure. that for now. For uh, sure. But, uh, Gene, thoughts on Star Wars as a whole? Really quick. As a whole, I'm liking the direction where it's going now. The course correction within the last year seems to be uh, floating my goat, as they say. Um, the way Bob Iger, the dreaded Bob Iger, has been um, like treating a lot of properties like Marvel. Everything's Marvel was not the way to go. I don't. I don't like dislike Bob Iger. Bob Iger for sure. Um, don't care for him a whole lot either. But uh, at least he learned that this isn't how he should be treating the property. Um, the output of movies once a year is way too much. It needs to be an event. And I think going forward, um, there's a lot to look forward to in Star Wars. I'm excited for the Cassian Endor show. And the Obi-Wan, yeah, which is no longer a movie. But I think it's generally the Star Wars property and the franchise itself is on its way to um, to a nice couple of years. Unlike the Muppet franchise, the, Muppet, the Muppet fandom is cannibalizing itself as we speak. There has you not see, been any new content. In do you see what you've done, years? Bob yeah. Iger? There's no mm-hmm. Muppets? That's fucking crazy to me. Oh, sorry, language and stuff like that. I guess we're not mm-hmm. we're not trying to be like edgy boys or anything like that, but no. if you're a younger viewer who stumbled upon this, uh, just yeah. some language stuff, sorry. But like, sorry. Uh, uh, how, how does the Muppets like not have like a movie every couple years? Like, Muppets should be Marvel. <laughs> Yeah, you know? yeah. They're not making the set amount of zeros Bob Iger wants. Yeah, so stupid. He, he he hates the Muppet 
fandom, he oppresses them. He's the villain in the Muppets movie from 2011. <laughs> is the thing. From, from, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's mm. the, what's it, what was it like, uh, the guy that played the Green Goblin? How, of all the things, Chris Cooper is one Chris of our Cooper, finest yeah. working actors. And of his entire resume, you mentioned the one time he had a cameo as Norman Osborn in The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Are you kidding me? He's dying from the green fucking goblin. Chris <laughs> Cooper! <laughs> goblin green. Oh my god. Okay, um, we're going to move past that. Yeah, I was just going to add, though, you buy this property from Jim Henson. This is how you're treating his characters. There's no new movies. Why blah blah here? And then Sesame Street is uh, only available for higher income families. Fuck this timeline. Yeah, it's 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 not great. But speaking of capitalism, <laughs> um, yeah, we're 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 sensed. Um, and some other things that we just really quickly recommend on Disney Plus, so we can get into the discussion yes. of the episode. Yeah, because um, we're on we're on Disney Plus. We're on my account. You're don't, on. My- don't tell them. <laughs> You're mouse. After, the mouse is gonna come after me. Oh shit! <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for paying for that. <laughs> yeah, it's only six ninety nine. I'll bring lunch to the next meeting. Um, better. Yeah, uh, I think we're both in the same boat. I, we both recommend Tron Legacy because oh, yeah. we're, we're big Tron fans, and it's a, it's a flawed movie, but just like aesthetically and um, there's a lot going on in that film. It's a beautiful yeah. looking movie. It's got a beautiful soundtrack, and I, it looks great. On uh, even even on streaming with the the, the higher quality yeah. um, texture. I was gonna say I believe you said that it's just a glorified music video, which I wouldn't disagree with. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I I don't even mean that as a negative. There's there's great art in music video stuff. I think I think some people look down on that form, but I think we need to go back to like really getting creative there in those spaces too, like Hiro Murai from, uh, who's directed a lot of Donald Glover stuff and works on a lot of episodes of Atlanta. He's a great yes. artist, you know, and he's pre- yeah. predominantly a music video artist. Um, I, David Fincher got his start like that too. Mm-hmm. So just saying. Michael Bay. Oh yeah, yeah. but yeah. his music videos. Oh. No oh. spoilers for another podcast I'm doing called Bayhem oh, okay. with Good Folks Talk Film Society, but, uh, I don't get his music videos. Oh, okay. I, I've oh. never seen a single one, but uh, but Tron Tron Legacy. I yeah, that's that's I feel it's a like a very underrated movie of this decade. It really launched this these event movies for Christmas. Well, that and Avatar for sure. Yeah, back to back years for those, by the way. So you're not yeah. you're not wrong. I didn't even consider that, but yeah, yeah those and, get a lot of credit for that. Mm-hmm. And it was a real event when it came out. Um, it didn't do well enough to give us Tron Ascension. Um, and we will now have to storm Bob Iger's office to demand Tron 3. Because he can he cannot stop all of us. That's and it true. won't be poorly planned like that Area 51 raid. It'll there'll be a whole list of demands. <laughs> But yeah, the, the demand is to do Tron 3. Tron <laughs> 3, <simple>? yeah. <laughs> like, you could do it for Disney+. Plus. Um, bring back, uh, what's his face? He's not doing anything. Garrett Hudlin. <laughs> Garrett Hudlin. He's but, a fine actor, though. He, yeah, he just, he's a I great actor. I just hit my name on the table. Ow. But uh, oh. he, he's a fine actor. Just give him, give him a little more to work with. Again, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Tron Legacy, but uh, mm-hmm. a little more meat on the bones wouldn't hurt anybody. Wouldn't, wouldn't hurt. 
get yeah. those last riders out of there and yeah actual fuel all but right yeah. uh yeah other recommendations so we can get into uh, the mandalorian yeah of course um i would recommend the black cauldron which is from that weird period of uh late 70s 80s disney movies where i believe walt disney's son-in-law took over the uh the company um and he was just approving a, a lot of weird decisions, a lot of weird movies. His name was Ronald Ronald William Miller, and he uh, yeah he was one of the board of directors, and he's responsible for giving us well for greenlighting the Black Hole, the Black Cauldron, Escape from Escape to Witch Mountain, Freaky Friday, The Rescuers, Peace Dragon, a bunch of other things, a lot of. Uh, and Tron, of course, he was executive producer on the original Tron. Yay. So he, he is, I think, he needs to get more credit because it was a very, um, it was a very, it was a very hard time for the company. They were on some tough waters, but a lot of those movies really slap. I think, like, those are, that's some of my favorite period. And yeah, The Black Cauldron is a, some people say it's a dark movie, um, and yeah, I think when I was a kid, I cried when uh, Gurgi, the weird dog creature, whatever the fuck it is, he, like sacrifices himself for his friends. But and like the uh, the the villain, the Horn King, is legitimately nightmare uh, filling. But I don't think it's it's that like traumatizing or that dark because there's a lot of uh, like warm elements in it where it gets this uh, this this. Uh, this uh judgment that it's too dark for kids um and i yeah i would really recommend it i still have not seen it but i will totally check it out damn it damn yeah, it dude. Yeah. yeah i know i know I'm, I'm busy catching up on my my great art house films much like return of the living dead 3 which i saw for the first time and it's amazing <laughs> is uh is that cinema according to martin scorsese Oh yeah, no, no. Return of the Living Dead Three is why the art form was invented. Okay. For those who who haven't seen it, which mm -hmm. is many of you, I didn't even know it existed. So um. Yeah. So uh, it's yeah. So it's made by insane and horny people. That's all. Oh god. So def definitely check out Diego the Black Cauldron if you're. It's on my list and you're on my account. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. You could finally watch it. Yes, I I feel honored and it's good that we're giving these recommendations because. There's not a lot to watch on, on Disney Plus if you're looking at their older libraries. Like, I think no. people really kind of downplay just how little there actually is besides, like, the classic, like, animated stuff. You know, that's, like, Hollywood royalty, rightfully so. Many of their mm -hmm. animated films are among my favorite films ever. Yeah. You know, I'd argue many of the best films ever made are mm -hmm. from that, that, that catalog. But then you go to the live-action stuff, and it's like, oh, that's why they bought Marvel and uh in star wars this was their grand their grand their grand plan since like 2009 yeah yeah i was like oh that's they, they couldn't do it so they, they had to this, buy other stuff this was the end game for bob Iger. uh thanks uh, um the imagineer docuseries on uh disney plus is it's called the imagineering story and it looks really detailed in how they come up with those rides yeah but moving on mm -hmm. to the mandalorian Yes. Uh, it's created by Jean Favreau. Uh, pretty sure it was greenlit after that James Mangold movie that may or may not have hap like been happening at one point. Yeah. Uh, nope. Decidedly did not happen at one point. And um, 
I, I, I'm not against the idea because like you were talking about earlier how Bob Iger really wanted to like marvelize the franchise. Like they very much, I think, want to take the original trilogy era timeline and make that like their MCU. You mm. know, like there's always talk of like, oh, the Boba Fett movie would have been like the, it would have come out after the solo movie and there would have been like a yeah. scene where like they would have been in the same cantina together and you would have seen it from different perspectives. And like, oh. I'm not, I'm not crazy about that, but that cantina thing does sound kind of fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like the, the idea that you could just pump these out like that was a bad one. You're right. They're not, bad, these are, bad event, these are event films. You can't like milk something like, even if all these were among the best films ever made, you just can't like do that. That's exhausting. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. And, and especially because they're so big, you know I mean? This like, you're going to destroy like a, an industry with that mm-hmm. but uh created by and, jean favreau uh written by jean favreau as well i believe i i, yeah. I think he, he wrote every episode except for like two or three yeah he's a he's a very great writer he um has said in interviews that dungeons and dragons really helped shape his uh writing prowess so keep playing dungeon dragons anyone out there yeah, uh, just really quick on that note, a lot of people have said that too. Joe Manganiello as well, who I think is awesome and is also just like the buffest man on the planet, but also a huge nerd. I just think that's like hilarious. Like, who, who who put this person in this locker? I'll beat the shit out of him. Yeah, but apparently he's like the nicest dude. He's always like going to bat for people and stuff like that. And I yeah. just, I, I got a lot of respect for that guy. Mm-hmm. It would suck if he was like a huge asshole secretly, but. I feel like that's not the case. Anyways, um, The Mandalorian is about, you guessed it, Mandalorian, a lone gunfighter, bounty hunter, um, very much trying to go for like that that Clint Eastwood, Mm -hmm. a man with no name kind of vibe. Um, And I believe he's an actual Mandalorian, according to this episode, which I think is is cool because Boba Fett and Jango Fett from the original uh, and prequel trilogies were um, determined to not be that. Like there's a very specific line in uh, I think the Clone Wars cartoon, mm-hmm. right? The Where they're like, yeah. oh, that guy, that guy wasn't actually a, a, a Mandalorian. He put a shame on our name or whatever. I'm like, whatever. I don't, I don't care about that retconning or whatever. I, I like the stories with those characters, so I'm not mm-hmm. like beating myself up over that. Like when going into this, I was not like, I need to see real Mandalorian stories. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you remember, Gene, I was not even looking forward to this until. That last, or until like one of the trailers came out. I don't know when it happened. I think it was uh-huh. Comic Con or whatever, or Disney. Yeah. Disney Con. What do they have? D23? Uh, D23. That one, yeah. Please do not go to. Uh, it's not I, worth it. I've heard it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Andrew Salazar can confirm it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I saw that trailer and I was like, okay, fuck, that looks really good. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. You're in. Yeah. They got you. They got and you with those Imperial credits. It, it looked good. It looked real good. And then you got Warner Herzog in here, Carl yes. Weathers, Giancarlo mm-hmm. Esposito, who's not in this episode, Nick Nolte, yeah. who is in this episode. Yes. Gina Carano, yeah. who is also not in this episode, and Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian himself. Mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal from the one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and nothing else. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, um, the first episode is directed by Dave Filoni, who uh, Star Wars hardcore fans will know him from his time on the creating and, and directing and writing a lot of the animated series, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Rebels and Clone Wars. 
which I, I think Avatar. are generally very good. Very, very good shows. Yes, and Avatar. Avatar. Oh my god, he worked he on worked Avatar. Avatar. Really? Yeah, he did. He was. Oh, wait, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Take a look at this. Oh, he did. He did work on. He worked in the first season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Avatar: The Last Airbender is one of the best shows ever. It is. I got to be honest. Much better than The Mandalorian. Um, Gene, what were your yeah. thoughts on the first episode of The Mandalorian? We, uh, we'll break it down as we go along, but let's sure. just quick response. I was really thrown into this uh, period of time in the Star Wars universe. Uh, this particular story from like the get-go, it just throttles you in. It feels feels like a ride. Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, A New Hope and how ingrained this uh, grittiness of the show is this kind of space western which there are a lot of, there's a lot of elements in a new hope on that it really the first 30 minutes when they're in tattooing feels like a western um the it's it's so on point with uh some of the uh i wouldn't say violence but some of the like the implications of how the show will be in terms of its fights it's really gritty you know what i'm saying that because we love gritty <laughs> yeah, Gritty, yeah. The, uh, the mascot. The mascot, we love Gritty. Um, and Pedro Pascual is just such a uh, cool, grizzly protagonist. Um, I'm really digging him. We'll probably never see his face. We'll never see, we'll never find out his name, maybe. But he's such a uh, captivating lead. He really carries the show with his movements and his poise. And it's cool that uh, it's a person of color as the lead in the Star Wars show, particularly a uh, Latino. Um, he is uh, Chilean, I believe. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. So, yeah, I am hooked, and I cannot wait for the next episode. I like the fun space monsters. You I like think, the fun... I think the every, uh, is that what they're called? The lizards, I think, are... The, the, the fishy leggy boys. I like them a lot. They were my favorite part of the episode. And that's not even mm-hmm. me being, like, facetious. Like, I really like the, the the silly, goofy Star Wars monsters. And, like, mm-hmm. the music is great. Yeah, you uh, saw Lud- that little... Yeah, L- Ludwig Goransson, who uh, worked on such classics as New Girl and Black Panther. Oh, God. And, again, that's Black not Panther. me being facetious. I, I think he's, he's a really inspired composer. Oh, and Creed. Um, the did work on Creed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Excellent composer, um, also from New Girl, is uh, Brian Posen, as he gets a little cameo as the speeder pilot in the first 10 minutes before he's eaten, like, immediately. That was fun. I like I like that guy. Sorry to see him go. Um, nice cameo. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'd like to, that'd be, like, the perfect cameo for me in Star Wars. Just, like, I'm dropping someone off, I die immediately. Awesome. I'm in, I'm out, I got a paycheck. Oh, yeah. Uh I love the weird, like, Star Wars world building where they're like, oh, yeah, we have, like, the Mon, Mon Calamari uh, 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 currency, and it's, like, this weird little, like, squishy coin thing. I'm oh, like, this is awesome. Yeah, that's that, that felt really well lived in. I love all the details like that where they're like, oh, yeah, Imperial credits, they're not worth anything. They're like Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. There's a Bitcoin <laughs> oh, on the Star funny. Wars I love all that stuff. Uh, oh. This first episode was directed by Dave Filoni, uh, who I was mentioning earlier. And it is abundantly clear, I'm sad to say, that he has never directed anything in live action because, holy God, oh. I, I did not like <laughs> this episode. 
Oh man, no, Dave. I'm sorry. I was, I was, I was trying a little to rough. Nice. It was a little rough at times. Like it wasn't. Um, it, I'm not as hard on him, knowing that fact. I'm. I, I I'm gonna go a little easier easier on him, but yeah, it was a little rough. Yeah. Um. Because the, there are some great like iconic images to Star Wars fans in the his work previously in in his uh, animated series, right? Like there's just so much. And, uh, and he really takes advantage of the frame in there and here. This just felt like TV blocking. Yeah. And, you know, it's a television show, so that might seem like an unfair complaint. But when this has the budget of something like Game of Thrones mm-hmm. in its final season, yeah. it's it's you got to step it up. That's not okay. I'm sorry. And, and I will say, a lot of animators, it's not unheard of anime, animators transitioning from live to animation to live action. Like, uh, Hidaki Anno from Evangelion directing Shin Godzilla. Oh, Seamless. yeah. Seamless. Incredible direction in that film. Just a great movie overall, but like really, really tight direction. Like every frame feels like it's packing a punch, you know? And not just like aesthetically pleasing, which yeah. I think this episode generally kind of is. Like it's almost there. I think that's what frustrates me the most. It's like almost. all the pieces are here to really make this yeah. like um, something with staying power and it's just not quite yeah. there well i will say that for anno for evangelion he directed some like live action shorts and things like that so maybe dave Filoni should have done that maybe you know like i like we were talking about music video stuff uh, yeah commercial, commercial work that's how uh, the great scott brothers tony scott r.i.p mm-hmm. and ridley scott got their start they were big in like the commercial new wave i guess if if you want to call it that and they experimented with styles and stuff like that there um he could yeah he could have directed like a star wars line commercial or something that's not a bad idea you know and i don't even mean i think some people might see what we're saying here as like oh that's beneath him and i I don't i don't think any directing works beneath anybody like just no get, get your get your boots wet you know yeah, exactly. Like, I would direct anything to get my my feet wet. Yeah, yeah. If you fucking give me a commercial, I can use the paycheck. Yeah. But, like, uh, I, I did like the bits in this episode about the Star Wars, like, world building and stuff like that. And I don't hate Filoni. Um, mm-hmm. And, again, it totally makes sense for him to direct the first episode of a live-action TV show because he started, like, the, the OG animated stuff. And he's totally got potential. Um but it's it's not there. He's directing yeah. another episode this season. Oh, no. uh, Is it the finale? No, no, no. Taika Waititi's directing the finale. But oh, he shit. he wrote and directed episode five. Oh. Um, I'm not I'm not a, completely against that. But yeah. I've also oh. not been someone who is like, oh, this is the heir uh, apparent to George Lucas. Either, yeah, you that's know? that's okay. that's such a that's such a yeah. That's yeah. that's not an accurate statement. Um. Yeah. But the episode itself, let's go into full spoilers. Yes, yes. Okay, so we open with uh, a nice, long, I believe, three-hour prologue of uh, the Mandalorian walking into a a cantina, taking Mm -hmm. out some thugs. That cool bit in the trailer that everyone loved of him dragging someone through a door and then using his blaster to shoot the door closed, so it cuts him in half. Mm -hmm. In theory, this is all awesome. I did not like the way the action was set up. Like, there's this really weird, like, blocking thing where one of the dudes is coming up behind him and he's, like, heading to the left side of the screen. And the next time you see him, he's on the right side of the screen. 
and from right there, I was like, oh no, yeah, oh no, I yeah. Well, as you know, sometimes you're you're rushed in television. I've worked background on a lot of shows, and it's been really rough. And then I believe this show had some production troubles. People lost a whole card of footage, so you don't know. I mean, it could have been some problems, but yeah, it did not look that good. Uh, I, I also have to say that I, the, the 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 way the Mandalorian kind of like moves, mm-hmm. it's very clear that the armor is just really crazy bulky and heavy and hard to move around mm-hmm. and work with. Like um, Batman's armor in '89. <clears throat> yeah, like the Nolan Batman's kind of get criticized for the reaction, and like that's my least favorite part of those movies too. But I never thought it was like bad, you know, or like yeah. atrocious at least. I think there's some. There are some weak spots, but uh, this is like the Mandalorian. He's supposed to be like this super badass, like unstoppable dude that they're presenting him as. Uh-huh. Yes, um, it feels a little chunky. Feels a little yeah, like overproduced, and he like it's just they they got to find a way to 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 work with that a little better because I didn't really buy the action. Right, he's Not, kind of like the no. he's the thick Mandalorian. He's oh. <laughs> No, that that would be amazing. I'd give this episode like a a thumbs up seal of approval if that was the case. Like Yeah. But not not yeah. to get off track, but you know, chubby action heroes should be a thing too. For sure. Mm. Um yeah, the uh um some of the backstory just moving along in the plot was pretty interesting. We don't know what his whole story was, but he looks to have a tragic tragic beginning as a child. Oh, here, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, I was trying to start really positive and work my way to negative. Okay. But, uh, like, just, just, to, just to back up really quick, I, I want to say that when we meet Carl Weathers' character... Oh, God. And I, uh, uh, I, I, I really like Carl Weathers, and I like the, the, yeah. the hints at backstory. But then he's like, oh, that was fast. Like, we're told that was fast, and it's like, we're third of the way through the episode. Like, that clearly was not fast. You know? Like, it it felt like it took a long time to get to a point that could have been done in five minutes. Uh, and yeah. I, I just don't... I don't understand why why they did this. Why... Yeah. Uh, maybe this stuff read better on paper, you know? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it could have... I was going to say that if we don't hear Carl Weathers say... Put a porg in there, put some bone. Baby, you got a porg stew going on. Yeah, baby, you got a porg stew going. I, I don't. But, I'm yeah, glad I, Star Wars doesn't actually veer into that, but that would be kind of yeah. fun. Um, I'm glad Carl Weathers is in something. Like he's acting. Yes, Carl Weathers from Predator. And <laughs> Rocky gets his arm chipped off. Yeah, yeah. Rocky also. He's, All of he's, in, he's in two. Great Rocky movies and two good Rocky movies. Okay, I'm glad that you now see Rocky Four as good. I said it's a good Rocky movie. I didn't say it was a good movie. God damn it! Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm know, not trying to drop hot takes today. It just keeps mm, happening. Mm, I, don't, I don't hate Rocky Four. I hope not. Yeah, I, I didn't hate this. I just thought like, what a disappointment! Like it's so close. It's it's so close to being something. Yeah. Um, uh, but but more of the plot plot stuff. Yeah 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 plot and uh, the the backstory you're hinting at. Um, I, honestly, this is where I tuned out the most for the episode. 
Okay. Because they're only kind of hinting at stuff. It's like, oh, the flashbacks, and then we get the um, the, the fun world building it talks about. I think it's still fun with like the credits and the, the mm-hmm. discussion about like what's going on after the Empire, mm-hmm. and that's like that's that's cool Star Wars shit. Uh, yes. But then they're going in like they immediately jump to like, oh, this is uh, like that Mandalorian smelt thing that I can't remember the name of. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, MacGuffin. Whatever MacGuffin. And I think that's there's like a a kernel of an interesting idea there. It's like, oh, you think he's like a lone gunslinging badass, but he's actually doing this to like kind of rebuild his culture in a way. Something yeah. happened on Mandalore. Like that's a really Maybe. compelling idea. Yeah, they were oppressed by the Empire. Yeah, and um, like I get this is this is something that I I notice and does not. I don't think the show does a good job of like actually incorporating the history. But for Clone Wars fans, you know, Darth Maul took over Mandalore at one point, and mm-hmm. the Mandalorian insurgents that he used wore, like, Mandalore helmets with little horns to, like, kind of signify that they were working with him. Uh-huh. And so it's kind of neat to see that in live action with that Mandalorian smelter that uh, Pedro Pascal met up with. Yeah. But I, again, uh, that doesn't, like, it means nothing to hear. It's just, like, another cool helmet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to say, Darth Maul was pretty much like a dictator of Mandalore. He was like the Rodrigo Duterte of the Philippines. Just a crazy person running the country. Well, he, he was he was a warlord, yeah. Yeah, he's a warlord, yeah. And that was a... Uh, Darth, Darth Maul gets like awesome in the Clone Wars, and I mm-hmm. don't understand that. That's very impressive what they were able to do with that character there. Um, yeah. Um... What did you think of Nick Nolte, his little cameo as this weird creature that, for, I forgot it was Nick Nolte. Uh, I did not forget it was Nick Nolte, <laughs> but I mean that in the best way. Okay. Because I like him ending every little monologue in line with, I have spoken. Uh, <laughs> this is I... completely where the episode took off for me. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, it felt <laughs> like something was finally happening. It's yeah. a fun character, but he's also like it just leans headfirst into, like, that goofy Star Wars stuff. Like, he lands mm-hmm. on this other planet. Because um, the other st- the other times we see him in this, the, the Mandalorian in this episode, who, it's going to get really fucking obnoxious calling him the Mandalorian, I just realized now. Because, like, you can be talking about the episode, the character, or another Mandalorian character that we meet, whatever. You can um, call him Mando. Mando? Okay, that, thank you. We'll call him the Mando. And uh, the other times we see him in the episode is like he's a lone gunslinger who doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> it's a he's just like what is, what are you supposed to get from the character? You know, like you can have a character who who's like wary of having an identity who doesn't talk a lot, but you have to give them like some shape. You know, like I understand Michael Myers within like five minutes of Halloween, and I don't know what Mando's deal is by the end of this episode. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. But I, I, I have a very hard time grasping anything moment to moment here. So when he finally just lands on this Nick Nolte planet, is what I'll call it for now, and he starts wrestling two fish monsters, I was like, fuck yeah. This is Star yeah. Wars, baby. That's the stuff right there. Um, I, I just really love the wobbling fish leggy boys. <laughs> I just Oh, yeah. Those they're, are the they're best. Great. Yeah. Then they have to ride them, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is the stuff right here." Mm-hmm. Uh, but why? Why does he go there, Gene? Why does he go to that planet? To that planet for, uh, sorry, uh, the Mandalorian. I was trying to hand it off to you, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, sorry, I missed your phrasing there. 
That's okay. Why, why does the why does Mando go to that planet? Um, he's looking for this. Uh, well, he's told to take out these this gang and uh, get this uh, other MacGuffin, which turns into a big plot point at the end. That was a jaw dropping jaw dropping uh, cliffhanger. I think it's trying to be. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I really want to talk to you about that. We'll we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, I I like again that that world building where it's talking about how like oh there's all these jobs for the bounty hunters to do and there's like there's an official guild I think is kind of neat. But then there's also like well yeah of course there's like unmarked stuff that people can go take care of. You know, it's just yeah. a little more risky and dangerous and off the book kind of stuff and you find out uh the mandalorian goes to meet up with werner herzog <laughs> who is yeah. incredible he's and, werner herzog and, is just going to unprecedented levels for cameos he's in rick and morty and now he's in star wars he is the best i don't know who on the planet is responsible for hiring james bond villains <laughs> in those movies but the fact that like werner herzog never has been requested is just and insulting. He needs, he needs to be in a Pokemon movie after that interview, too. Oh, that would be that oh, would God. that would be delightful. <laughs> if if you don't know, just just Google Werner Herzog, Pokemon Go. And then San Vicente, do they fight? Do they battle? <laughs> he's he's great. He's like he's so awesome. <laughs> he's just like he's a meme personified, but like. Even that's just scratching the surface of how like <laughs> awesome of a of a yeah. filmmaker he is yeah. too. He's great in this too. Yeah, yeah, he, he he's great, and he sends the Mandalorian off uh, to to go find some person, uh, yeah. preferably alive. Uh, but if they're dead, they need like proof of of body, uh-huh. and uh, and so that sends him to to meet with Nick Nolte, who we already talked about, the long leggy fishy boys. Uh, and and then they he he Nick Nolte helps the Mandalorian because he said that oh there's a lot of trouble over them hills and there's yeah. like some, like they're trying to go for like some old west vibe here yeah. obviously and I appreciate the attempts it just doesn't land for me yeah mm-hmm. uh, which I, I I sure whatever just just keep Nick Nolte around I don't it's the best it's the best bounty hunter the man he's I I guess so but like. This comes to a character thing where I, I just don't get what I'm supposed to be getting from this character of uh, the Mandalorian. Like I'm very much at a loss for like what what to, to get here. Episode. It's only the first episode, but like this is the time to like get to know like who this is. Like I need I need a sense, you know. That's the thing. I, I misspoke. I don't need to know who the character is. I need a sense okay. of the character, fair, and fair I, I I felt like. I was not getting anything from any scene because every scene gave me something different. And you can do like a fun kind of like, who is he? What's he, what's his deal? Uh, with, with the character who, who has no name and no face, like that's a perfect setup for that. But the connective tissue never gels for me in any way here. Uh, did you, did you at least like IG 11? I, I did like IG 11. I, again, this the ending stuff is where like it finally was like, all right, we're going places now. You know, it's not just like nothing. Uh, yes. IG Eleven, who is played by Taika Waititi, who will again be directing an episode of the, of the series, uh, the fin- the first season finale. Um, 
Very, very fun little moments where he keeps saying, like, he's going to self-destruct when him and the Mandalorian have to team up to take out all these guards and stuff like that. Uh, and th- it was fun to see him, like, kind of just, like, plow through people. But, mm-hmm. it, again, the action didn't really, like, sell me this episode, even this finale. Yeah. Uh, really weird editing bit with the big laser minigun at the yeah. end. That was like, a cool oh. scene, but edited not very well. Really weird, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, like, there's a bit where when it first pulls up, and you know, if it wasn't like, I honestly felt this was kind of tame violence wise. I I don't know. Um, but I, I expected the Mandalorian to go like, oh shit. But like, I guess you can't say that because it's Star Wars, which is fine. That's not it's yeah. not a negative criticism towards it. Um, and then the Mandalorian's like, oh, cover me. And like, he just kept saying that, and then he would get covered, and I was like, that's. Like that's not creative. That's it was, just it was like, like a it was like a video game. He said yeah. like an order. Yeah. And I was like, this is not exciting. Uh, yeah. But when he when he like grapple hooks the the laser minigun, it was like twenty feet away from him, <laughs> and then he like hops onto it, and it's like five feet away from him. Yeah. And like I, I I'm trying not to be nitpicky, but it's just so weird how this is all like yeah. block co- and cut together. Yeah. And, the coverage couldn't have you know I mean the coverage couldn't have. Could have been spotty. Who knows? The editor has to do his best. Yeah, yeah. I, I respect his or my her profession. Best, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, <laughs> every episode of television, every good episode, every good movie is a minor miracle. It's it's very hard to put these things together. That yes. being said, this is like the premier flagship for an entire streaming service. Mm-hmm. It is from very talented people. Um, yeah. I'm I'm just very let down by that. Yeah. Well, let's see how the rest of it goes. Let's let's. Yeah, let's there's totally room for improvement. We, this could we, this we could not fill my ass by the end. Yeah, we legally have to keep watching for this this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, so you're, you're paying for it. So. Yeah, I know. Um, so the ending. I really want to talk to you about that cliffhanger. Yes. Do you can you can you describe and then I'll throw an inter- interesting tidbit of information about the Star Wars lore that is very, not very known? Sure. So after the Mandalorian and IG-11 team up to take out the the guards guarding this bounty, uh, you find the little baby case. And I was like, oh, they're just doing like Lone Wolf and Cub and Logan. And I don't think that's an inherently bad idea, but it's just, I was like, oh, it's something you could have totally also gotten to in a more interesting way, but whatever. Uh, and you, they open little baby case, mm-hmm. and it's a baby Yoda. I say baby Yoda because I don't know what Yoda's race is. Yes, no one so. knows. Yes, can I uh, can I take it? Yes, please take it away. So Yoda's race is one of the most taboo topics for George Lucas. Out of all the Star Wars elements, he has refused to um, go into detail about. Um, what Yoda is, who, who, what his race is, um, as far as Lucas film is concerned, or was that it was off limits. There was famously a unproduced tops trading card for the galaxy two card set. And it depicts a Buddha, kind of like a Buddha statue of Yoda. Um, and this, uh, other, Person, this other Yoda, this other member of Yoda's race, carrying this little stick, levitating in blue, 
and they're all worshiping the statue, these bunch of Yodas. And Lucas apparently got wind of it, told them to cut that shit out. They are not going to produce this card, and they immediately withdrew distribution of that card set and put it back into production. But a few of them survived of those cards, and they're worth a lot of money. <laughs> so it's it's a very weird um, taboo topic with Lucas. For whatever reason, there has been some speculation that um, Yoda's race are the Wills, who in the first draft, as famously as people could tell you, the original draft is uh, the Journal of the Wills. Someone is telling the story of the Skywalkers to these... Oh, they're almost like the Watchers of the Star Wars universe, a Marvel reference that record everything. Um, the Wills were... Uh, you. They're mentioned in Rogue One. They're still not elaborated on, really. And But that's just speculation. It's not confirmed. Um, and I believe it's like R2 that's telling the story of the Skywalkers. So it's it's a weird um, taboo topic that Lucas has refused to budge on until he sold the rights. So, so that that actually makes me like the ending less. Uh, I'm okay. sorry. Oh, okay. I love the cute little baby Yoda. Yeah, just fucking adorable. Mm -hmm. Um, I would want to protect it. You'd want to protect small uh, Yeah. Baby. Yeah, you like Death Stranding? Do you like Death Stranding? Have that little baby? Oh my that's god, you? that's like the future right there. Yeah, Star Wars. hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but because of the implications, again, this is just theor theories at this I'm point. Telling you this on air, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, because of the implication that this might be more Force stuff related and more like uh, traditional Star Wars related, I, I, I. Think they're limiting themselves a little bit, uh, okay. and that's kind of a bummer. Uh, I, just, I wasn't, I thought, I, I, I wasn't yeah. someone like aching for them to go like hard R or anything like that. Like I think I've made it clear on this show many times that I see Star Wars as something for everyone of all ages, and that means it can get violent, but that means it has to be like emotionally honest too. And I find that like everyone who wants like a rated R Darth Vader movie is full of shit. Yeah, <laughs> so that's not what I, it's definitely not what I'm saying. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think you needed a better setup to this payoff. If yeah. that's the case, it, they, it came, out of, came out of left field. I, did, I thought it was, I mean, it came, comes out of left field. I enjoyed it, but yeah, it does come out of left field. There is no hint or anything. It just, it's just there. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, what 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 did what did you like about it? The reveal, or just the episode in general? Uh, episode and reveal. Um, the episode, I think, really gets you an idea of what's going on in the world at the time, in terms of world building. I think it did a really good job in terms of story. Favreau's a good writer. Um, Filoni was trying his best. Um, and just cool to see all these weird interesting wacky characters from the moisture farmers to everyone in the cantina it just feels like a new hope where this feels such a used future such a lived-in world and i'm really seeing that it's not like um you know force awakens where i don't know what the system of government is and then it's just destroyed and i have no idea like what is the context of any of this so i appreciated that all right, yeah, the, you definitely get a little bit more of that here, for sure. Yeah, that was but, my uh, takeaway. And the reveal, yeah. I thought it was just, it was cool to see that 
particular nugget of information of in Star Wars or maybe get expanded on? I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess. I think that's my problem, though, with a lot of... Or concern, concern. Anything okay. could happen. Again, this could become one of my favorite Star Wars things by the end of the season, at the very least. Who well, knows, right? I, I hope so. I don't, I don't, it'll be fun talking to you if you gradually get heat on this more. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? It would be great if I was like, if I came from a place of like not great feelings and by the end was like batting for this series. Yeah. That would that would be fun because we're getting a season two, so we'll be doing this for years. But uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be my arc. Um, but I yeah. guess just my my concern with Star Wars stuff is that these. The, the, the hardcore fans of the original trilogy, which is many people, um, but I mean like the hardcore hardcore ones are always like, we want to know more about the lore, yeah, and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't give a, sh- I don't give a shit. Just like, give me good characters and give me like good ideas, and you can do anything with that. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's all got to work together. And this really feels to me like an adaptation of an expanded universe story for now. Oh, no, no, there, there was there was some good stuff in there. Totally some good stuff in there too. Um, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's just where I'm coming from. Uh, I really like the Thrawn trilogy. The that's books, the only good thing of the EU. Really, really solid action adventure books. Really good stuff there. Um, this um, you, this one. I was, nah. was going to say, if it's the EU, we would have a clone of Palpatine. He's coming back. Oh, oh wait. Oh, n- oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that's a thing. Oh my god, it would be so it would be so heartbreaking if I was like, no, 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 I love The Force Awakens, love Rogue One, uh, who shares a cinematographer with The Mandalorian, actually. The excellent yeah, yeah. director of photography, Greg Frazier, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, and then love Last Jedi, and didn't hate Solo, and then now it's like, I hate, like, I end up hating The Mandalorian, <laughs> and then The Rise of Skywalker is just, like, sets me off, and, oh, that would be disappointing. I hope that's not the case. Hey, I don't know. Yeah. I and anything could happen. Uh, we've recorded longer than the actual episode, so let's let's wrap up. Um, yes. Oh yeah, really quick, Gene. What is your take on an episode of television uh, that's not an hour long? We were talking about it before recording. Uh, and, uh, sorry. We were talking about this before recording, but what's your take on an episode of like uh, a prestige television show that's not forcibly an hour long? Oh, I'm I'm really relieved because um, I have shit to do so. <laughs> it, it doesn't take as much of my time, and I don't have to like pay solid attention for an hour. It's like being in like a long class back in college or something. Uh, I I disagree with that assessment because I think on that point that's on the show, you know, for like sucking. Yeah. Um, but I I definitely am grateful that like yeah, don't don't make it an hour if it doesn't have enough stuff for, to fill an hour, you know, like. Episodes have pacing. Like that's why I never buy into like the shit that people are like. Well, it's just the first episode. You gotta like see what happens next. Like to an extent, obviously that that's valid. But also there needs to be stuff now. You know, yeah. like you can't have a payoff without your building and setup. But like you need a foundation. That's not. Those aren't just like bullet points to get to point Z. You have to understand what point A, B, C, D, E, F, G mean. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So um. I, I don't think the, the Mandalorian's quite gotten there yet, but there's hope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so. Yeah. Anything you wanna you wanna leave off with before we end our, our first episode of Cantina Hangouts? Uh 
just um, next episode, uh, yeah, I am excited to see what will happen. Um, <laughs> with uh, all the directors, um, the, I'm interested to see if that each episode has its own little vibe and take. So, yeah. I, I hope I hope it's good. Yeah, I hope so too. Rick, Rick Famuyiwa is directing the next one. Uh, yeah. Really, really talented director of Dope. Dope. Yeah, go watch to... Dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, who, who knows? Uh, it would it would be nice to like this show. So <laughs> fingers fingers it'd crossed. Nice. It'd be nice to like anything. It, it would be nice to like things. Yeah, I, I like. I Watchmen's great. We're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do an episode on Watchmen when that's over. So yeah. we're just gonna yeah. keep watching things. So. Yeah. Yeah, but like Watchmen's like, I mean that one just came out the gate like fucking swinging, yeah. So, uh, fingers crossed. Who knows? Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Gene, where can the people find you? Gene nine eight nine two Twitter Instagram. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at the Diego Crespo or Instagram, and uh, check out the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Patreon, and all those things and more. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. 